You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Seller Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99, the Comedy Channel. We're here at the back table of the Comedy Seller. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of the Comedy Seller. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Dan Natterman. How do you do? Um, this has been uh, quite a week uh, this week. Um, uh, we had the uh, our very important member of our family here was, uh got in trouble for some serious moral lapses and maybe... We can talk about that later on. But we also had an article written about us in Vulture.com by Mr. Guy Branham, who is here today. And then we have a bunch of comedy seller comedians here to talk about it. Let me just... And thank you for coming, Guy. Um, Let me just uh, uh, run it down if you didn't read the article. Uh, There's an article in Vulture.com this week called Tear Down the Boys Club That Protected Louis C.K. by Guy Branham. And uh, Branham describes the back table at the Comedy Cellar. You know, I'm nervous. I feel my heart beating. The Comedy Cellar is the best club, and the table Louis C.K. sat at was the table occupied by the likes of Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, and Mark Maron. That table is the most important force in comedy. There are rarely women at that table. There are never gay men, never gay men or trans people. He goes on to accuse us of being a boys' club... And, and this is not, quote, Boys Club is in quotes, and of rank bigotry, claiming that table regulars made sure, quote, people who weren't like them didn't get to be part of the club. I am not like them. Louis' victims were not like them. He ends his essay, the table is the problem. Burn down the table. And he uh, says, one other, just to read one other quote to be fair, he says, I'm scared to write this because I know the people who sit at the table will see it and say I'm not a real comic and I don't value real comedy. Writing this means I never get to sit at the table. Well, you are at the table. At the beginning of my career... I wasn't talking about a literal table. Also, my headphones aren't working. Uh, They're not working? Is it working now? Yeah. Okay. Um, So where was I? Sorry about that. So uh, at the beginning of my career, I was invited to sit in some lesser comedy boys club. I did my best to play by the rules. I kept silent as they denigrated women or explained to me how I wasn't like the other gays. It never earned me real respect for anyone. Uh, Okay, so that's that's basically it. So anyone particular, the least of all myself. Okay, so I mean, of course, I saw this and I got very, very upset. And I'm going to give you ample time to explain yourself because... In 2017, there's nothing worse that you can say about somebody in public than to call them a bigot. And that's what you're calling me here. And um, I felt that you had no basis for that. You know, uh, back in the old, it's ironic, like in the old days, in Kamalak, in a libel case, I think I'm getting this right. If you called somebody a homosexual, that was, co- that was considered libel per se, meaning you didn't even have to show damages or certain things that if you were to accuse somebody wrongly of something, you don't need to show damages. We know you're damaged. And I think in 2017, if there's something analogous to that, it's being called a bigot. It's, it, it's career-ending. Career All over the world, people now associate me with anti-gay bigotry, anti-female bigotry, Friends of mine, you know, I've lost touch. Oh, I didn't realize he was anti-gay or whatever. Tremendous thing to say about somebody. So, at first, I wrote New York Magazine an email, and I said, um, "We can settle if we can settle this nicely. It will be amazing." Ask Branham, and I'm sure you'll find that he has no actual knowledge of what he's talking about. What he described is precisely the opposite of the truth. Just have the editor actually question him about his factual basis. After you do. If you have any standards, you'll retract the story. It doesn't need to be any uglier than that. Meaning, I felt if they would just ask you, how do you, where'd you get the idea that there was no gay ever at the table, they would speak to you, and you, they would realize, well, you actually didn't have that information. And being New York Magazine, Vulture.com, that they would fix it, right? No, doesn't work that way. They, they, they couldn't care less. They didn't even respond to me. Oh. They didn't even respond to me. And it makes you think... What's the whole world like? Like you know, I hate to use a right wing like trite cliche about fake news. 
But if New York Magazine is ready to publish anything and they're not even interested to check on how the journalist got his facts, then how do we trust anything that's written? So anyway, tell us, how did you arrive at the fact that there's never gays at the table and there's never women? Okay, um... Bef- the line before where you started reading, I said, as depicted on the FX show, Louis. Um, and I really want to emphasize to you, I did not intend to say anything that was reflective about your policies or your... I, I in no way meant to assert that you guys are any better or any worse than any other part of the comedy community. However... I don't you, care about what you say about comedy. Only talk about what you say about me. I don't, I don't care. I could be worse than the comedy community. No, it's still about me. The, uh, the comedy seller is the representation of the comedy community that is used to represent um, the highest heights of the comedy community. In Louie, in, misre- the, in mi- the documentary, okay. Comedian... You, mi- you misrepresented how you started. I'm going to read, to be okay. fair. You start, not doesn't start as depicted. It says, at the comedy cellar in Greenwich Village, there's a table where the comics sit. It's where they joke, debate, goof off, and ridicule their friends. As depicted in the FX series, Louis, it's the most fun place to be. Every club has it. But, and, and then you, but the com- I and, said and, every club has one. Right. At that point in time, I was shifting away from talking about this specific table to talking about the idea that um, uh, uh, what we saw on the HBO series, uh, talking, uh, talking Funny or Talking Comedy, what we saw in the documentary Comedian, that men like that Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, and Chris Rock are the apex of our community. Um, and really never talking about or representing excellence outside of that. And the, the Comedy Cellar has, in so many of those things, been the place where that was represented. So are you, are you ready? Wait, let's, first things first. Are you ready to say that it's not true that gays are never at the table? Um, at this literal table, of course there have been gays. The thing I am... At the, com- uh, at the Comedy Cellar. The, th- the thing that you... Uh, this week you guys have Mehran Kagani performing. Um, the thing that makes me saddest about everything that I wrote is the fact that it did not respect or contemplate the place of Jim David at this club or on Tough Crowd. Like, having a gay man in stand-up comedy, there are currently no gay touring national headliners. That's about my club here. I I couldn't not care less about anything you say about anybody. I might agree with you. There's plenty of bigots in the world. The only thing um, I was saying I got, about your club, the only thing I was I'm, saying about your club will you, is that it is the apex and it is reflective of that. The, no. It is, why, and it why, is because, why, why is because it is on Louis. Why, because it is the representation but, of the but, comedy community hold on, hold that on. you saw on Louis. Okay, on Louis. And that was an article. On Louis. Uh, hold on. Um, no, no. Let me. It's worse. It, it's, it, there's a better answer than that. On Louis, when he depicted the, the, the comedians, all right, it was it was at the poker game rather than at the table, but it was the same right. group. It was, he, it was he, at the poker game. It was the same. That is the only time that Rick Crom showed up on that show, but it was and a, when he stopped teaching Louis a lesson, he went away. But it was... But there have only been I, I, did, I did three of them. Okay, I'm this sorry. Is, this we is did re- three... Okay. We did three poker table uh, episodes. And, and it was a huge uh, event in the gay... I mean, we got a lot of attention as being one of the, the, the it was. most sensitive portrayals of... And, and, and it was credited with stopping stand-up comics from using the word fag in their acts, all because right. of that... Thing that came from the comedy cellar, which was which was something that Louis asked me to do when I saw him here at the table. He said, "I want to put those stories that you've said here at the table on on the uh, show, and I want to reflect how we all uh, we all are supportive of one another. We bust each other's balls, but at the end of it, I'm still part of it. I'm I'm still one of the crowd." So that in that scene, not only is there all this information, there's also this great camaraderie and acceptance that I, I think that uh, should be reflected in, in any... Is that reflect? Is that reflected? Was that reflective of the comedy seller? Yes. It, listen, uh-huh. I, you know this is how I fantasize this show would go. That you would come here and you would acknowledge, you know what, you're right. I shouldn't have said that about the table. I should have been clear. I didn't mean the table. I mean, whatever you meant. And I figured, and I thought, oh, that'd be great. And then we could, then we could launch into a, a, a bigger discussion of the things that, that are important to you, which is how women are treated, how homosexuals and what are treated. And, and what but I've, it's very important to me that you clear my name. Okay. Or, or if you don't want to clear my name, you don't, you don't have to, that you, that you back it up with some facts. I have asserted that... I've I've asserted that I'm I'm not claiming that this club is any better or worse when it comes... You you keep doing that. I don't care about any other club. You said that this table never has gays. Never. (laughs) 
Is that true? No, it is not true. Okay. This table would, rarely has women. Is that true? Again, I feel no, uh, okay. and I okay. feel I feel bad That's about it. I, I feel bad about the extent to which that was dismissive of people like Lori Kilmartin, who I respect so much, to whom this club means so much. But at the table that is the big table of comedy, when we are talking, but you should have written about the big table of comedy. I did write about the big table you of know, comedy. You didn't once talk. Listen, I know. By the end, you you had claimed, and I'm I'm about ready to turn it over to other people. But you had claimed that you were using the table as a metaphor. Yes. And I thought and I, about that, I tried to be fair to you about that. And I said, well, okay, by the end, when he says burn down the table, that must be a metaphor. He doesn't really mean somebody come in here and burn down the table. Not remotely. Yeah, yeah. But so, so by the end, I, I see that you were using the table to represent the bigger problem that you want to talk about with. But then I thought about metaphors. I said, well... You know, one metaphor we hear used sometimes in a racial situation is he's running a plantation. Now, you can't make that metaphor if the thing you're basing it on isn't also evil at its heart. In other words, you can't. It's true. The plantation is a metaphor, but it only works because the plantation itself is evil. As I said before, and you, it almost, is no better almost, or worse than I'm any other finished. club. I'm, and you can't use the comedy seller as the table, as the metaphor, as the embodiment of the problem you want to do. You can't make it a, a, a metaphor for evil without also saying that the, the actual table is evil. It and is, that's why you cannot use me for your metaphor and then at the same time claim, but it's not true. There are gays and it, women at your table. Is, why would you choose me as a metaphor if there's gays and women at this table? It's a dumb metaphor. Choose, choose something that doesn't have gays and women and use that as your metaphor. Leave me out of it. Because you damaged me. You damaged me. In so much media, this club is used to represent the apex of what stand-up comedy in America is. The documentary comedian um, in uh, uh, Top 5, in On Louie. Um, that is why I was using this table. Like, because it is where, when we imagine the biggest names in comedy, like, hanging out together, it is here. And when we talk about those biggest names... It is almost exclusively heterosexual men. Now, may I speak freely? Yeah. First of all, now welcome to the big time. Um, you know, I also saw his I also saw his video, and he's funny. And I, I would I don't even know why he thinks he wouldn't get on here. But go on, go on. Oh, uh, you know, Noam, you can't if you start taking to heart uh, everything that people say about you, you're going to drive yourself nuts. I agree with you 100 percent that this article unfairly represented the seller, but I say calm down. You know, it's I, all good. I asked Dan before we go on. Dan, I said, Dan, could you well, do, that's why I asked you, can me I one, speak me one favor today. Just don't get into a correcting me about things because it's just not the episode I wanted. The one well, thing I, I asked I asked, him, asked you if I could speak freely or not. I said, can I speak freely? And you said, go I ahead. I thought you meant about him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I cannot speak freely. Fine. You can speak freely, but go ahead. Speak freely. Can I speak freely or not? Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, Noam, you know, you're no one in this town unless someone wants you dead. I believe that was the great, um, who said that? One of those managers, uh, Bernstein, what was his name? Betty Davis. No. Betty uh, Davis. Well, it was one of those. It's that homosexual at the table. It was Sue Simmons. Well, I don't know who it was, Noam, but you better get used to people coming at you because you're in the big leagues now. And oh, okay, Dan, really. That's number one. Move on. Okay. Number two. I don't think you're going to get this guy to admit what he wants you to admit. So He, he did already. He did. He, he admitted uh, that there was no... Yes, he did. He did. He did. He did. He did. Okay. But uh, can we can we get to the larger issues that he still feels are a problem? Because I, 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 I debated him. I don't know if you remember Dan Natterman, at Dan Natterman. Ring I know who you are, Dan Natterman. No, but not only that, but we had some sparring going on on Twitter. Yes. Gentlemanly, calm, but... You know, there were differences of opinion, but uh, he still feels that the seller, he, he, he rattled off some statistics, is oh. underrepresenting gays and women. We, for, yeah, he said, he said we had 17% women, and he used that other thing. Now, now we should talk about that. And that that's where I think the, we're going to get the bothered. Can we hold that? I want to say one more thing, and then let's get to the 17% women. I just want to let you know something. At five years old, I used to be taken to dinner parties with gay couples, ma ma gay male couples. My father and my grandmother would take me to socialize with gay male, gay male couples at five years old, and I knew and understood. They told me exactly what it was, and my whole life has been like that. This place, in the 60s, was known to be accepting of gays as a place where gays could come and work and didn't have to hide. Before anybody was like that, what you've done is attacked the very people who are on your side. And you should really think about that before you 
make accusations when you don't know what you're talking about. You could not have come at the, the wronger person about attitudes about homosexuals. You could not have made a bigger mistake. I want, to, I want to tell you that, eye to eye. Go ahead. Now, he complained that we have 17% women. And my attitude is, I'm like the NBA. I put the best five players on the court. As a matter of fact, I saw a game a couple weeks ago. There were 10 black players on the court. I presume those are the best 10 players. If, there are, if there's a funny woman I'm not using, they should come here and, and, and let me know who it is. And believe me, I want to use them because all I want to do is have the audience kill. Now, Joyelle is new here. And I, and I asked some of the comedians who are new and I don't know as well because I don't want to be accused of stacking the deck. And yes, you can speak for And they may agree with you about some of this, and that's fine. Go ahead, Joyelle. <laughs> okay. Um, Joyelle Johnson. Joyelle Johnson. That's yeah. me. I just got passed last year here. And um, I kind of, when I was reading the article... What resonated with me was the intimidation factor that the table has, the actual physical table that is here. Like, when I come to this table, there are usually white men here. And if I sit down, for the most part, it's kind of rare if there is another female. Sometimes there'll be another female. It's very rare if it's another black female. So we notice it if there are others. However, that's representative of comedy, I feel, as well, because there, are not, are, there aren't as many women in comedy. So there are and why do you think there's not as many women in comedy? <laughs> I do not personally think that comedy is a feminine trait that is nurtured in females from the beginning. I think comedy is more of a masculine trait. It's nurtured in men. And for, so for women to be at the table, um, we're here. There's not that many of us. But I do think it's representative of what is in comedy, and they do put women on the shows. But from the intimidation factor, I totally understand that, because if you come to a table and you're not represented, that's intimidating. I imagine so, you face that in, in, in life in many places, and I don't face that everywhere. I, I don't, find, you, I don't find anything about that in, uh, uh, d- um, insulting. Go ahead. Yeah, but you're never meant to feel unwelcome, are you? you never, I, don't, I don't know. Or is it, just it might a, be in my own head, because I kind of feel like I, it's a percentage that's my own Adrian, head. Adrian, you want to let's see. Adrian and I got passed on the Adrian, same night as well. This is Adrian Ayapalucci. I'm always afraid Ayapalucci. to say her name. Adrian, what do you think about what Joyelle said? Hit it. Um, I guess I could relate to feeling intimidated at first, but then when you, you know, that's like the first couple of weeks you feel a little weird, but then, you know, I kind of know all these people. I started doing stand-up with them, so I don't feel intimidated anymore. I feel comfortable. I never feel like I'm unwelcome at the table. Is, yeah. is there something we could be doing to make the table more welcoming? I'll, 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 I always feel uncomfortable, so that, that's oh. that's a point. Do, that's, is that's I mean, in other words, that, that's a personality trait of yours. That's and, a personality oh. trait for me. But I also think it's doubled down if I'm the only person representative of my demographic sitting in a space. Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> like a guy, a guy wanted to answer. Well, so. Okay. Do, on the subject of underrepresentation of women, I, I do really think that. Sexual harassment of the sort that Louis participated in dissuades people from participation, dissuades people from being able to comfortably, you know, like uh, enter these spaces. Like, one of the things we're really not talking about is what happened to the career of Dana Goodwin and Julia Walov after. Like they got threatened uh, at Aspen. Like, what what happens to somebody like Rebecca Corey, who? What? Well, they, what happens to most of our careers? Right down the shitter. Well, it's, it's but Dan, but Dan, it's very easy to say. Dan, it's very easy to say. Oh, comedy is hard for everyone. God knows, comedy is hard for everyone. But if you look at the stats, it is clearly there are forces that are pushing at women and gay men in a different okay, way. Okay, so so let's. I'm not sure whether I agree or disagree with that, but assuming it's true that that women and gay men are in, uh, intimidated from coming to the into the comedy business that's not the fault of the comedy seller no not remotely i was using the comedy seller as a representative of the apex of the culture of comedy oh, okay rich so Va- rich, rich, rich has, has something this is to rich say. voss uh, rich has a female wife uh, <laughs> female wife i i, I 100% disagree what what upsets me is when hack journalists write about something they don't know uh, we've sat here, Keith and I, for 15 years at this table, almost maybe 15 to 20 years. You also linked another article about the Comedy Cellar to your article. And in that article, it mentions Keith's name, my name, Bobby's name. 
and a bunch of other names. So you're linking us to a racist, sexist table. There was when an you, article that listed 17 names, three of which were women but contained that in a matter. single line. You link, yes, it does name, matter. No, my name was in that. And by far, I'm not a, a racist or a sexist comic. I, I made a movie about pro-women, and I, I've done every... And, and what I'm saying is, you, in my opinion, yes. did no research, and you just used the comedy seller and the comics here... Uh, to use your to put your point of view out. Why yes. You, why, wait, why would I do that, Rich? Why would you Why would you do that? Because this is the most famous table in comedy. This is the most That's famous. That's exactly club. why I did it. Yeah, because it is can, the most famous can, table. Can in I comedy. say a word? Can I say a word in, in your in guys? I don't know if this is the case, but I could make the argument. Where I think your mistake was is that I think you failed to realize how serious people would take painting them with the brush that you painted them. I think if you had realized like how how offended people would be by being called a bigot or a racist or even in the implication, then maybe you would have worded your worded chosen your words much more carefully Look, to make it clear so that I don't mean to say that the comedy seller is bigoted. One thing I mean everything that you're saying now because there's not most of what you're saying I may agree or disagree against it, but I don't. I don't find it offensive. You're right to your opinion, and we we love that here. People having different opinions, but assassinating character is something else, and you and you veered into that even if you didn't mean to. Well, one thing I really want to emphasize is that um, the vulture asked me to what my thoughts were on it. They said they were asking a lot of comics, mostly women. Um, I didn't even know if it was something I should talk about because it was an issue that doesn't primarily deal with like gay comics, and that's when I am more capable of talking about. Um, I wrote this very quickly, and it really just came from, you know, uh, my gut reactions to media representations of comedy. It is, it is observations that were far more rooted in media representations of the seller than actual experience here. Um, that said, I was angry, and I am still angry, About. That, <laughs> that we have a culture as a community that knew that this guy was pulling this shit and didn't okay, let's do go anything to let's, stop this it. Is right, people, I hear people saying, uh -huh. everybody knew, everybody knew. Let me tell you something. I didn't know. I, I asked a lot of people about this. Is it true? Is it true? Nobody I could find knew. This, this kind of like cliche now that everybody knew. I do not believe it's true. We all heard the same rumors that eventually Gawker heard and published, but nobody well, we, knew we, that, that I know of. Well, we, we, we heard the rumors. I John, oh, Dan's going to correct me. Go ahead. I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to give you my point of view. Yeah, go ahead. Nobody knew for sure. Well, we all heard the rumors, and it was up for everybody individually to decide how much they believed it. I in think my you're wrong case, when you say we all heard the rumors. Well, I didn't hear any right, of these all, rumors. You didn't even many, hear the rumors. Many people heard the rumors. I heard well, the rumors were published. I, I, but I heard people, the rumors about seven years Dan, ago. Dan always believed them. Dan always I believed thought them. they were probably true, yes. But uh, many other people told me they thought they weren't true. And let's, and let's be fair, the rumor was much... I, I would say Somewhat word, worse. No, no, I'd say it's much worse because the Times reported that he asked these two girls and they laughed and then he did it. And maybe he took that as consent. Maybe to, the, the rumor was that he kept them there against his will, against their will. And that's a serious crime. Right. So that's a much more. So when everybody knew, if meaning the rumor they knew, what they knew was wrong. What, what they thought they knew, he could have gone to jail for for a pretty good amount of time. I'm not clear. Maybe ex exposing yourself is if they could claim if, that he really didn't understand, that he knew that they weren't consenting with a laugh. But I mean, if it, you it gets have, much more complicated. If you have an industry where the vast majority. But nobody, nobody was covering for Louis. If you, nobody like, was covering for Louis. If you have an Louis. industry where the vast majority of the people at the highest levels are like, vast majority, are heterosexual men, and you have stuff like this going on, and nobody's calling them on it. How could we call him on? We didn't know. We didn't, there was no name well, to look. it. Well, it's also... Uh, let, me tell you, let me tell you who didn't know. Let uh, me tell you who should be going after. Courtney Cox and David Arquette. They knew. They were the producers, the executive producers of that show. Now, listen. If somebody comes to me in my place and says so-and-so so uh, did something terrible to me, I fire that person. I don't 
put it on the victim and make them feel guilty. So the victim finally says, well, I don't want to be the one responsible for screwing up the production. So, and then say, okay, well, then we'll just let him stay here. Somebody does, if, if what Louis did is bad enough that he's supposed to lose everything that he lost, then it was certainly bad enough that they had no right not to fire him and do something about it right then. They covered for him like a priest who covers for another priest that they found out was molesting. They are the two people who I can tell you for sure did what it is that you're complaining about. They put this poor victim in the position where she had to choose, where she had to be the one to make the production stop. They could have fired Louie and gotten a new guest star, just like they took Kevin Spacey out of the other movie. It's done all the time. Actors get fired and they replace them. They are guilty. I want to see you. I'm not. I'm do, not. Do, do, do you disagree I, with me? I, look. They I, are the vil- they are not, the one I, villain I can tell you I'm for sure. I'm not Courtney Cox or, or David Arquette. I am a comedian. Does anybody find fault with my logic in what I'm saying? I am a comedian, and what I want to do first, is first make a culture. What, first, tell me whether you agree with me. I'll say this. Whatever you want, first tell me if you agree with what I just said. Um, I don't have a strong policy on the sexual harassment policies of uh, Courtney Cox's production You're company. Worried, no, you're worried about people covering for Louie, and I'm saying we do know two people yes. that, was in the, that covered for him. Yes, that's bullshit. They they knew. Yes. It wasn't us who knew. It was Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Wait, wait, wait. They covered for him. But they refi- they did, took no look. action against him. They they kept him on and paid him after he did this on I, their I set. I will say this. If so you, why are you complaining about us? If I will say this. If you know, if you have reason to suspect a reasonable probability of somebody that you know doing something horrible, it's not sufficient to say, but I don't know for sure. The, the reality is, is we didn't think it was that bad, most of us. Dan, what, 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 do you agree with what I said about David Arquette? Yes, sure, okay. fine. Now, I don't know much that's about, what I'm talking about. I, I don't know much about let me tell that. You, Dan, partic- shut up for a second. Let me tell you another story. Really upsetting me. We had a, we oh, had because a, I'm speaking freely. I'm we upsetting had, We had a waitress here. Dan, you're, if, no, if you, you knew being, he had done those things, you wouldn't have done anything anyway. You're speaking freely because there's no woman at the table who you're like, she's not going to take me on the road if I say this. Listen. Like, it is. Listen. Go ahead. Listen. We had a waitress here who accused a comedian of rape. This actually happened to me. Yes. And I did not know what to do about it. And I, I said, listen, and she, and she demanded I stop giving him spots. And I said, look, I, I can't do that. You have to go to the police. I don't, I don't know what happened there. And I actually did ask a few questions. I was like, well, how did he get into your apartment? He said, well, I let him into my apartment. How did he get into your bed? Well, we were, we were going to lay down together. I'm like, you know what? I, I can't judge us. You need to go to the police. And she's upset with me. Like two weeks later, I see them making out. Like nothing happened, and like a year and a half later, they have a child together. So I'm telling you that it's not so easy when you Rapes hear. Rapes happen in relationships as well. I, no, of course they do. But I'm saying, I, as a boss, you know, I've talked about this before. We know what fair is in the world. It took us thousands of years. This is what fair is procedure. Accusation, evidence, cross-examination, impartial judge. That's what's fair. And that's, that's how things are. We, we short, we've short-circuited everything. We have criminal procedures. We're not interested in that, right? If, that, if we don't get to that line, we have civil procedures. Hold on. Dude, so, I, hold on. Dude, hold I, I, on. I, okay. Well, you have civil procedures. Where you can get a lawyer and sue. In a workplace, you even have labor procedures. Now we said, you know what? All, all that Western gobbledygook procedures of evidence and scales of justice, no. If somebody says something to the boss... The boss should just fire them. I have no way of knowing what's going on. That sounds great, that, but that reminds me of the movie Death Wish. It's great if, if Charlie Bronson kills the right guy, but that's not a system of justice. You cannot fault us for stop hiring Louie because there was a rumor. Okay. But you can fault David Arquette and Courtney Cox because they knew. Uh, can I ask you something, Noam? It's yeah. a quick, you're, not, you're probably not going to like this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and you can, you can say no comment. If you knew that Louis had done what he is... No, I'm... Okay. Just one thing to, to say to you. I went to law school. I believe very deeply in the Constitution, and I very believe very deeply in the rights of the accused. But I also believe that we create a community. And this is different from other jobs. At other jobs, if shit goes down, you can go to HR. There's no uh, HR for comedy. There isn't. There isn't. And I'm not HR. But I, but I didn't answer... I, I don't know if I answered Dan's question properly. If I knew... I don't. I, there are not enough facts in that New York Times article for me to okay. know, say I know what happened. For, if I take the first example, I would have questions. I say, well, okay, when you guys started laughing, do you think he knew that 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 you weren't consenting? Is it possible he thought you were consenting? What did he say? I, I would want to know because it's a big thing to tell somebody you're not going to work anymore. It's like I, I told somebody like every time I, oh Louis has plenty of money. You know, imagine you're a painter and somebody says, you know what? 
you're never going to hold a brush again. But don't worry, you have money. It's not, it's not that easy. I, I, if I knew somebody committed a terrible crime against somebody, I would not want to okay. use them. Now, but I, but I am not judge and jury. Okay, and follow-up question. And I, but most, more than anything, I would tell them, listen, I would really like you to go to the police, get a lawyer, whatever, get, sue him, whatever it is, so that this man can answer the charges with the same ability that you're able to make them. Follow-up question. Is that, is that, is yeah. that like uh, okay, crazy? Follow-up follow question, please. Yeah. If you thought there was a reasonable possibility, not for sure, but a reasonable possibility that he did those things, would you take steps to determine the truth to the best of your ability, or would you just say, I don't know, and let it go at that? I, I would try to, I'd try to determine the truth. Okay. So I what, mean, I, so think many scenarios is, what here. I think Guy is saying is that not everybody, but cer certain people... First of all, there's some people that, that heard it and didn't think what he did, did was all that horrible. Some people said, well, I really don't know, and I'm not going to make an effort to find out more because it's inconvenient to do so. Joyelle? Well, there was no way to find out more. Go ahead, Joyelle. Why is wait, 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 Joyelle. To see how I men are. Had a, <laughs> had a question for you, Norm, yeah. and this is just a question. Yeah. Do you feel like you have more responsibility as an owner of a club to figure out if these rumors have a basis. Well, you know, I'm answering, and by the way, I just want to say, a lot of these things I'm answering off the top of my head. Right. And, and haven't had time to think through. So I, I want to say that. But normally, as the owner of the club, I feel my main thing is the protection of the people who work for me. And Doesn't what, that also what, include the females that would have yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying, in other words, I would not tolerate for a second if something like that happened to a waitress here. A story about that happened 10 years ago about somebody that uh, something that happened in a hotel room. This is really di impossible to expect me to investigate it to make a decision on. It's 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 just it's just not fair. At some point, and listen, we had a, we had a big meeting about sexual harassment. And I said everything I need to say. But then there's one fact I can't get around, which is that no matter what procedures you create. For whatever reason, women don't want to use them. And that's what it, what you mean? meaning that for whatever reason, they still, no matter what, you, what we do, women feel uncomfortable would, coming forward with this stuff. Would your and, ability to communicate about this stuff be different or feel different if you were in a space where uh, Sarah Silverman and Ellen and like other people of that stature who were women were here on a regular basis? Adrian. I mean, Louis asked me a couple months ago to work on a show with him, and I was excited about it. He was nothing but respectful to me. So, And I kind of knew these rumors existed, but also, I feel like for me to make a decision about something like that, I would need to be there and see what happened. Because I've heard conflicting stories about a lot of stuff that happened, that these girls went on stage, they were laughing about it after. So, I don't know. I, and I'm probably going to get, like, dragged through the mud for this. I don't. I think what happened to Louis was wrong. I don't think that what he did—he didn't assault anybody. He asked for permission. I don't know. I still think he should be allowed to perform at the cellar. But why is it our responsibility? If so, look at uh, uh, comics in general, we're not—we're just comics. We're not police. He there's hundreds of comics that come in and out of this club. He can't. Uh, follow everything that they do in life, whether it's legal or illegal. Some might be shooting heroin. Some might be, you know, coke addicts. So what I'm saying is he his job is to run a great club, put on great comics, and, and that's basically what I, I, like, I, 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 I saying, Wait, hold on. Okay. Like, when Louis works the garden, are they supposed to say you can't work here? No. You, that's not the job of a club owner or a promoter. And our job as comics is not to police every other comic what they're doing in life. I got to worry about my family. I don't worry not about what, that, I, what, I, what, all, what. Let Adrian say something. I want to say something, then you can talk. Well, about. what I was going to say is that. All the managers here are women. The booker is a female. So if I felt uncomfortable about something, I would go to them and talk to them about it. I get the feeling Keith has chomping at the bit to I, say I, something. I want to ask Guy one question. <laughs> what you can, right. If I find out that my bartender, somebody says, you know what? I know your bartender. Ten years ago, somebody told me he took out his dick and beat off in front of some girls in California. My bartender. Should I fire him? I'm answer, really think about it. should I if I find out that someone who worked for me did that in their past should I fire them do you reasonably think that he is a threat to do something like that no I don't think he's a threat now but he did it 
I don't think Louis was a threat now either. He did it. He did it 10, 10 15 years ago. Do I fire them? Again, that's not necessarily for me to say. I'm not somebody. Well, I'm asking you a real. But you need to think about these moral questions. What? What if? What, I'm saying. What if I if found I you, out that I somebody you, did? If, if I were you, I would go to five female comics and I would ask them, "How do you feel about that? Do you feel cool about but that?" But you understand that you can't start firing people because somebody tells you that s- they did something. I didn't say anybody should fire anybody. Well, if I, I said that. I said that if our art form had more women in it and women in higher like at higher levels this stuff would be less likely to happen and because this stuff happens it dissuades women from participation I know, like but, this this idea but you, but you, that but, but, the greats are all men the idea like creating a structure where they are the people who have the capacity to get you work and get you opportunities I, is going to I understand. but the, your headline was tear down the boys club that protected louis ck and yes. i'm telling you I didn't protect Louis C.K. I don't know anybody who did, except for Courtney Cox and David Arquette. I think that's clear. But it's a lot and, easier. And, and, and what, you're, what you're describing, if we protected Louis C.K., then I should fire my bartender if I hear a story about him that he might have done 10 years ago. I, and what I started to say is that I know the problem here is because the, the, the answer would be women should always come forward and, t- and take advantage of the procedure, so then there could be a hearing. The problem is that psychologically, that's, that's painful for them. But also and that's they why assume they will not be believed. And they assume they will not yeah, be believed. And they assume that that people will not consider it to be significant. Those are some of the reasons. Sometimes it might just be because it's embarrassing or or, or they just want to forget. Like sometimes something bad happens. Well, what's important is that we men should speculate about how women feel. No, no. I can can speculate about human beings. When something terrible happens to me, sometimes I just want to talk about it. I just want to move on. I don't want to talk about it. Somebody wants to ask me about it. I say, what am I? I don't want to go forward about it. Somebody stole $150,000 from me one time. That's pretty worse. Is that worse than what Louis did? I don't know. It's pretty bad. And I didn't even want to go through the criminal procedure. I just wanted to move on and not have anybody fucking talking to me about it. I wanted to forget about it. So so that's another explanation for not coming from. But I'm actually saying something respectful here, and I don't twist it. What I'm saying is that I understand that this is the... The uh, the bottleneck here is that number. In, unless we can find some way that women are comfortable coming forward, then bosses are always in a position where they have to make a decision based on rumor, without evidence, without a chance to defend themselves. No, you know, it, it's. I don't know. There's no easy answer. It's very easy for you. Apparently, more w- it's not easy for me. But I don't. More know. women in the system will make things better. In what system? In comedy. Well, I can't hire. Yeah, I'm great. Great. Get, find, tell me the women that kill, and I'll put them on. Okay. I mean, it's 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 absurd. Well, I challenged him on Twitter because he he also made the point that there's no transgenders that work here to to give me the name yeah, the, of a transgender. He did give me such a name. I forwarded it to you. I don't know if you want to look at her. Of or course, I look at it. By the way, there's no. Tra- but it's also a question of like, is there is any tra- is, is there any transgender host on MSNBC? I mean, I mean, uh, transgender. Uh, this is uh, really. I'm. This evidence. If I don't have a transgender comedian working here, that's evidence. I just. Discriminated against transgender? Not you. Comedy as a whole. What percentage okay. of the population is transgender? I have no idea. Well, but you I know need to pa- know these things before I, you make statements. But I know that Patty Harrison is a really good comic. Okay. I know that Riley Silverman is a really good comic. But let's start and with Patty Harrison and, and, and work. Have they been on your TV show? Um, huh? Have they? No. Okay. Oh, what's going enough. on there? But I know when certain female comics are on, because you're not really that pro-female, because I know certain comics... Uh, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice. That you, that you completely, that you completely attack for no reason at all. I'm not going to say names. That person was doing you and True TV a favor, and you completely attacked her like she was an open micer. <laughs> No, we just did my show. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a nice show. Just like the table supposed to be not supposed to be nice. Your show's not nice to every person, and some of those people are females. The, the rules of my show are very explicit, and I believe a majority of the winners of Talk Show, the game show, uh, on True TV, coming back in February, uh, have been women. <laughs> okay. I, do, Keith, do you want to say something? chomping at the bit, I Keith, can tell. Keith Robinson. I just, you know, I, I just think... Nice, Keith. I'm never going to talk nice, <laughs> but I just think that you're, you, you know, when you say, you know, the the club don't have enough women, to, and you, I'm saying all of comedy doesn't have enough. Yeah, women. all okay. of comedy don't have enough women and all that. Say, and plus you said what I didn't like is that you said that the, they knew what Louis was doing. I didn't know what Louis was doing. I didn't have a clue what Louis was doing. I opened up for Louis a lot. You know what I mean? Louis actually, when I was in the hospital, gave me money. Donated, gave me money because I was sick. That's, I, 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 you know, but, so, and, and when I started. Has a comic ever said to you that women aren't funny? 
has a comic ever? Yeah, has a comic ever said to you that women aren't funny? Yes. Yes. Um, and how did you respond to that? How do I respond to it? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> oh, no, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. That's the problem. This is the table, baby. This is the table. They right. know that funny. I know it's funny. He knows. I started he, out. He works with oh, Wanda no, all no, the no, time. No, 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 no. I don't need no help with okay, this. Okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Me and Wanda came here together. Yes. Me and Wanda Sykes came here together, right? Yeah. All right. You know Wanda? She's gay. She's a woman. She is my employer. Boom. That's one of the best friends. Wanda was in here before me. She was in this club. She told us, hey, can you get Keith in? Before she was gay. And as he said, hell no. I don't want Keith in. <laughs> but, but, you know, but sometimes it's just when you, you really got to think more about what you're doing and not just react. Because now everybody is so rea reactionary. Everybody's like, I got to say this because it's the time to say it. I'm a black man. You don't think I, what I go through? <laughs> You don't know that I, I see everything. Yeah. He's a, well, there's a lot of Jews. <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, easy. Oh, sorry. Oh, he I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Keith, um, like one of the things for me is just the fact that like, I'm 42. Mm -hmm. My career is where it is. And I had to fight my way up in a world where there really weren't that many visible gay comics on the national scene. And where you go and how you go was like rough and a question. And I just want to try to make a better scene so that people who are coming after me have to deal with less shit and can deal with learning the lessons that you have to learn, which are lessons like in f like in front of a crowd. Like they, they should be learning those lessons and not having to be worried about who's going to decide to pull his dick out at you if he takes you on the road with him. Well, I, now, Cassie, listen, the, the men doing disgusting things to women is a pretty common problem throughout every profession. Yes. Louis took out his dick, in front of, but does that, that's not the argument that this is an endemic problem right. to comedy, that Louis C.K. did something. I don't hear a lot of stories about male comics doing these things. That's what Lori Kilmartin's uh, editorial in the New York I Times was about. I didn't read it. What did she say? It was really uh, Joy, good. Joy, y'all want to say it. Good. Well, I guess to his point is the endemic problem of all white male heterosexual lineups. That that's just not necessary anymore because there are funny women, there are funny black people, there are funny gay we people. We have funny and Muslims, funny Indians. Our comics, from our, our our lineups are really diverse now, more than ever before. They, they are now. Yeah, I and, agree. and that, but that's not because. Listen, I don't care but about comedy I, in general. I do isn't. not care about diversity because let me tell you why. I don't want to ever have to come to you and say, "Listen, I put you on because I needed a woman." That would be insulting to you. I, I will put you on or anybody on because they are funny and I don't care what you are. We have a lot of Muslim comics, comics working out. I'm a, I am a outspoken Zionist, all right? We have lots of Muslim comics and Arabic comics. There's no problems here of any sort, of any of the, of, there's no problems of that sort here at all. Well, Nothing. I would like at least four more black uh, comics. <laughs> at least. Right. Four more. So, go ahead, Mike Fenoya, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it was funny when when we read this Friday night. It was equal men and women sitting at the table. And one thing that you wrote, and I'm going to read it: the boys' club is the only real structure that exists in stand-up. The patronage and patronage and mentorship that good comics receive from more established male comics is how they get stage time, representation, and jobs. I'm a 38-year-old straight white comic. When I was making my way coming down here. I would go to do any show that unpaid, paid, have to bring people, whatever. I was questioning if I should even do this as a career. And Jessica Kearson, who works here regularly, I host here a couple nights a week. She leaves the crowd in stitches. She was the first person to ever give me paid work. She asked me to host her shows at Gotham. So a straight white guy getting work from a lesbian, these generalizations, just like there's not no gay guys at the table or there's no women at the table that that to me like how do you put something out there with such sweeping generaliza generalizations that you can't in any way prove are true or false you just keep saying this community this community the, i mean there are so many comics here that oh well most of if not all their career to women so you say we blame jessica <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, it's her fault i'm still doing stand-up exactly yeah, there we go, yeah. Baby. There there we go. go. Hey. welcome to the 
notice who said who who made the funny joke? The white guy. Oh, sorry, that's, sorry. It. that's just, it's just the Jewish guy. The, the Jew- Jewish guy. The Jewish guy. Things like that that just aren't at all true. I, that that frustrates me to see when something just says, in the mic. In the mic. The mic, only mic. thing is this. That's this new era of news. The only this is that, and it's not not one person unless you spend years doing research and talk to every comic. Then you can't make those generalizations. You just can't. The vast ma- are you telling? Are you saying that the vast majority of higher level comics are not heterosexual men? What I'm stating is that you yes, said a fact. You said the only X is Y. And it, there's, there's, it was an opinion piece. I was speaking broadly. Well, then say no, in when my you said, opinion, said the only well, this is yeah, that. When you said there's never a it's gay at the table. It's an opinion piece. No. You can assume it's my opinion. When you, but, you, but even in an opinion piece, you can state facts, and the facts should be accurate. You stated certain things as fact. As fact. We, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to rehash it, but you said there's never a gay at the table. That, that to me is not at all an excuse to put out false stuff, that it's your opinion. I want another shot at him. Give me one more shot. By the way, do you want to go on tonight? Um, I would not feel comfortable doing that just after everything that's happened. Oh, I, wrong answer. Yeah. Wrong this answer. is your shot, all baby. I, all I yeah. Don't ever. This this could be a turning point in your career. This is the comedy seller. All <laughs> I yeah. You, you come another night. You come another night. The thing is, is like I. I, I what I was saying was something in solidarity with other people who have been going through something. And one of the things I said is, um, I don't want to, for the offering of junior membership, uh, like, play the, play the game. And the thing is, is like, I deeply respect, like... Um, your generosity as a host in doing that. And I came here because I really appreciate that you wanted to talk through this. Um, but like, I'm afraid you don't want to go on because you don't want, you don't, you, cause you don't want to give up the argument that I oh, won't no. put you on. I'm saying if I've heard that you're funny, the, the reason and this, this could listen, I'm, you don't know me at all, but I'm really like, let bygones be bygones guy. This could be the beginning of a good relationship the, between you and the club the, and you could perform here. The thing, Cause we don't care that you're gay. I, I am. I am mostly just coming from a place. I of, do. I, <laughs> I don't remotely want this to look like a situation where I whined and then somebody was nice to me and then I stopped whining. That's up to you. Like, well, look, I understand what he's saying. It's a very emotionally charged podcast for guy and he may, I don't think that he's necessarily in the mood to no, be no, 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 I said no, he could come another night God okay damn I, it. well you're no, coming you're okay, coming go okay, on. well now hold on now hold on Keith, Keith. I, don't he's touch been, the computer Marty go ahead uh, he's been he's, go on like, if you're coming rightly or rightly or wrongly he, you think your whining got you on the show I had to work a bar mitzvah and the cat skills to get on the show here uh, All right, that's what you. That's well, what second, we moved everything quick. around for that line. Go ahead. <laughs> women, right now, women in comedy. Are you kidding me? They're killing in comedy. And I don't you're like saying it. you're saying women aren't doing well. Women, I'm saying they're doing better than ever. Yes, yes, but I am also saying that that the reason that this is happening is because women are doing better in comedy and because there are more people in, in who are better positioned to be able to push back at a lot of these structures that have existed for a long time. Well, that, you, you know, Wanda, your balls... Yes, she's part of the structure. She's st- we and her busting chops all through the look eighties and nineties. Busting chops is great and much appreciated. I'm talking about like like structural discrimination, right? Yes, I'm talking about like systemic so, discrimination. Okay, well, let me ask you, guys, which is different uh, from just a guy, guy. Yes. Okay. So let's assume that Noam, and I believe that he does, puts on who he thinks is best, regardless of race, creed, color, and let's just say that. Because there just happens to be more guys right now that are doing the job. Do you think Noam should institute a program to bring in more women, despite the fact that they may not be up to the challenge, just to encourage women in comedy? Like, that is, like, a false structure. Like, behaving as though it just magically happens that men are 80% of comedy. Uh, the, but what should Noam do about it, if anything? What uh, can I do about it? If, if, if you were me... What would you do well, to fight this problem? I would ask Joy Al. Can I? Can I say this? I'm not this? a woman. Can like, I say this? That's really the best you got. No, no, no. I think. I think you. <laughs> Joy you, you just. <laughs> yeah, you sorry. just did one of the best things you could do. Go on. Yes. That's uh, what you could like do. Like yes. By offering to put, right. put you on. No, which is which is very very kind. And I'm also, not doing it to be kind. And also, okay. and, and also, creating a space where you know that people can feel like. Basically, sexually safe. I have created like, that space. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've well, done that. Um, you think I need to do that? I think we could all work harder no, in I comedy. Have, I don't need to work any harder Joy in my L space for people to feel sexually safe. I just on my arm. I didn't like it. I didn't feel safe. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, Rick, is, you got anything to say? Rick, do you wait? Well, it just sounds like there's, there's a... Uh, you seem to be saying there's, there's an actual conspiracy to keep women and gays out of comedy. I don't think it's a conscious a, conspiracy. I think it is talking just... talking about what he regards as systemic, systemic I mean, I've, I've been gay and at this table for 20 years. So... Uh, and, Do you uh, think over the course of those 20 years you got the same opportunity as the heterosexual men at this table? Yes. Um, Guy disagrees. I disagree. Well, well, how could you? But how could you? you know, how could you disagree? You've never been here for twenty years. Um, <laughs> we just—you know—that there's a whole documentary. Did anybody this week? Me back? There's a documentary in the IFC Film Festival. It's called Oh Rick. It's a, it's a documentary, an hour and a half documentary about Rick Chrome. And 80% of it is about the fact that he was the feature, he was the face of the comedy cellar for, I don't know, seven, eight years. And now, more. I mean, yeah. more. And, and there's, there's, and, and he. And he was replaced and, by Louis Schaefer. Well, and he well, said some interesting <laughs> things about. Well, about once again, he's saying systemically, it, it, he feels as though. It's something that's uh, not going on. Um, I mean, if you want to say no. that, that in the writers' rooms of sitcoms in the '80s, if there wasn't a certain homophobia, I would agree with you. There, there was, there was. I, I don't, but I can't. But not prove. here. Not here. No, never there here. Never was here. It, like yeah. never here. No, you have. But, you have to understand. I'm sorry. I shouldn't interrupt. No, let, 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 no. Go ahead, guy. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Starting out as a gay man in comedy, I saw very, very talented people for whom there was no space. Uh, Scott Capurro in San Francisco, famous in Britain, here in America, there was never anything to be done with him because we were not ready to hear a gay man talk about his own life from his perspective on stage. And even now, like, we are still having to figure out, like, that space. Um, there still isn't a gay male nationally touring headliner. Like, what? No. You, 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 okay, you, like who? Wanda. Oh. No, gay male. Oh, gay male. Oh, what's his, uh, gee, what's his name? Is there one? I don't know. What's his name exactly? On, no, no, no. He was on a show. You guys got to talk about it. You guys got to talk You mean openly, openly gay. Yeah. Uh, yes, I can certainly think of a couple uh, of so non-openly gay people. Which proves my point. Well, and what do we do it, about it, that? But, but it, what do we do about that? I mean, yeah. is there... We attack is there, the comedy Well, I seller. think that's a legitimate, maybe a legitimate concern, right. but I think the fault might be the, the public not accepting them. And that's certainly not the fault of Noam yeah. or, or the people uh, in the industry. Yeah, Mario Cantone used to... Uh, he could work anywhere he wants, and he's out of the closet. Just, I can okay. name some... Mario Cantone is a great comic. Does he tour clubs? I, only because he doesn't want to. He doesn't leave the okay, house. Okay, but the, the, there's the whole game of, oh, they didn't want to, or, oh... No, he used to they, work here all the time. They he just wanted to go be guy, a writer. He used to work here all the time. He okay. used to work here all the Didn't time. Yes. Did just come out? Not a, you guys need to oh. stop outing people. <laughs> oh. I thought well, he did. Well, I thought he did. I think yeah, he outed. He, he came out to us, but not to not to Raw Dog. But you don't, want us, you don't want us to cover anything up. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to out anybody that, that doesn't want to be out. I mean, I'll, I thought. I'll, he, I thought I'll cut it, no, no, I'll cut it out. You, but we, but I, I think guy. We're it, not going to do that. I think guy again. That, that might be an issue, yeah, but again, the is. problem is the American right. public, I'm not the comedy structure, the table, figurative table, or literal table, is not responsible for the fact that the American public may not want to see openly you. gay men on stage, if that, in fact, is well, the Well, they game. didn't want to see openly gay men on TV either, and, uh, you know, this... But it, well, whose responsibility is it to change but, their minds? Well, it's been the last 20 years. There's been quite a, uh, an evolution, and now gay characters on TV are completely acceptable and, yeah. and, and welcomed, as a matter of fact. And they don't have to be stupid... Uh, uh, Cliches but of what that, a gay should be. But that followed public We're, acceptance more than dictated public acceptance. Right. I th well, I think that you know, uh, it, I, I that don't through know. the arts, is there, we do happen to do you lead guys, the way to society do you, uh, do you, I'm progresses. Sorry. Do you guys know a openly gay comic that you think like is another Eddie Murphy or another another Richard Pryor? Like like somebody? Because I, I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, like I don't know what like. You know, but, <laughs> Mateo Lane. Mateo Lane is so funny. Joel Kim Booster is so funny. So, like this year, uh, the Comedy Central Half Hour, Solomon Giorgio, Julio Torres, uh, 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 Joel Kim Booster. Like, it's not like, and before that, 
for all of time, there had only been two. Jim David and Gabe Liebman, I believe. What about um, Rick Chrome? I was right here the whole time. <laughs> exactly. That's my fucking point. It's like, there are all of these people who, like, the industry did not have space for, and that was a problem. And, like, we should want the best of comedy to come through. And I think that continuing to tell this story of, like, the it's always all about heterosexual men. This, this is why I'm having trouble, because I've, like, Larry Amorose used to perform Larry here. Amorose, he, was right. all, he was openly gay. Yes. 25 years ago. And the audience loved him. Yes, like, I don't I don't remember him having trouble. Astoundingly, t- oh, like, Larry Maybe, maybe Larry, not every gay comic wants to traffic on the fact that they're gay. Maybe they just want to talk about, you know, politics or something. Like, why does that have to be openly, like, why does that have to be centered by the fact that they're gay? Because I mean, they, like, it doesn't have to be centered on the fact that they're gay. Frequently, I get up on stage and I don't talk about it at all. And you, it, Honestly, it's easier now than it was 10 years ago because 10 years ago, people were less comfortable with it and they heard this voice coming out of this body. They were like, what the fuck's going on? Now people are comfortable enough to just hear me talk about politics or pop culture or whatever and understand that I'm a human being. But like, people like Larry Ambrose weren't shuffled out of the system because they weren't good enough. They were shuffled out of the system because there was no space for them. No, no. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. He could be right. No, no. He had a lot of scandal. Yes. <laughs> oh, he got in trouble, too. Yeah. Got, I have no idea. I just up. know him from, uh, he, wrote for, he wrote for Joan Rivers when I did. It was covered up. He, wrote, he, was writing for, he was writing for Arsenio Hall at the, who, who, did you just tell me this? And, uh, it was the butt master there was, At the time that Suzanne Summers was uh, promoting the thigh mask, and he he wrote a faux script for us for for a, a sketch I was going to call Buttmaster as an excuse to bring as a bring to bring men into audition for the Buttmaster sketch to look at their butts but there never was a sketch Buttmaster he was just bringing them in to look at their butts and he That's, got in trouble that was a story yeah, yeah that, that, that was a yeah. that was a sexual harassment story that was a sexual harassment story yeah funny guy he was a funny dude. he was very very funny He's, in the microphone what kind of professionals are you he didn't no well look I, I, listen there's nothing Larry chose not to run around the circuit anymore, and he he was on a, in a writing thing. He worked for Joy. He wrote for he wrote for Barry Manilow no, for years. For Barry Manilow for years. Look, you get people I, like. People say this all the time about people who stopped being gay men who stopped being stand-up comics, and frequently women who stopped being stand-up comics of oh, like they just preferred being writers. Like that's also possibly well, because those provided them with safer spaces. That's also possibly because people were less comfortable having like hearing women or gay men talk about their own lives. My wife is Puerto Rican uh-huh. and she took her mom to see John Leguizamo for the birthday. And my God, it's the funniest thing they've ever seen. All right. Like, like for, for Span- Hispanic women, Latina women, like he really strikes a chord with them, uh-huh. but he's never going to be able to strike that chord with the majority of the United States of America. Oh, and, oh, and is it possible Legazama? that it was that? No, John Legazama, in other words, the, the, yeah. his humor, it, what I'm saying is that is it possible that if gay men are 10% or 5% of the population, 10% of people are gay and half of them are men, that if you want to have an act about that or that focus or that, that that's a big part of that is hard to appeal to the other 95% who can't really identify with that. It's not that they're against it. I think that is a very... It falls flat with them just like John Leguizamo's Spanish that jokes is a, fall flat That is a very common attitude in this industry is it and possible is that not remotely true. Okay. Right. Okay? I, agree I perform... Like, gay men essentially don't come to comedy clubs because they had too many years of people just talking about how gross they were and they were like, we have other better things to do. I believe that. that. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, but it means that the vast majority of the time I am performing for an audience that is entirely heterosexual. And I do fine. All right. This business is tough for everybody, though. It's not an easy business. I've been doing this a long time. That is it's absolutely... It's tough. What? I also say it's tougher for women. I, listen, I live with a comic who... You know what it is? Here's, oh, yeah, we're married. Here's the thing. You made a documentary about the fact that it's harder for women. No, no, I bought yeah, that right. documentary. Thank you. And But here's what the thing in this business, what my wife and I do. We create our own projects. We don't let the industry control what we do. And, and that is, look, when I am talking to, like, 
a young gay comic, that is exactly the thing I, the thing I say to them. Because I'm not going to say to them, oh, it's hard for you. Wah. No, I'm going to say, never think that there is an open door for you. You have to create your own doors. You have to fight as hard as you can. But I am also going to say to the comedy structure as a whole, hey, stop being like terrible to people. <laughs> Okay, we, we have to wrap it up. I want to give, go around the table. Anybody has anything, they, any comments they want to I, say? J- well, obviously, well, I always have a you, comment. Joyelle, Joyelle, Keith, whoever wants to say. Something that you didn't get to say. Well, here's what I want to say. It's like, <laughs> I think, you, first of all, you, sh- you should go on stage, and that's it. He said, offer you on stage, go on stage. If you want to create, what, uh, wait a minute. You say you want to create space for what you're doing and how you're doing and want to break the systemic stuff that's going on get on stage when I when I he doesn't want to he doesn't want to so. well, no, I can I'm understand saying, why he might not want to tonight but yeah. he will be back rest assured he has an open invitation he has an open invitation it's very kind of you okay. jo- uh, on Saturday no he doesn't not on the weekend <laughs> Rich, w- w- Rich he, does, you, he wants to make a good first impression and tonight's not the night I get I, that you gotta have your head together for that I get what? it Rich go ahead Rich, he's let's, gotta stop alright why Why not the comedy store? Why the cellar? Like, I mean, the comedy store where you're living in L.A., yeah. you see what goes on, which I think is a great club, and I think there's great comics there. I'm not there enough. Oh, no, stop later. kissing ass, bitch. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a, listen, I already got turned down. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm not out there enough, but why the cellar and not the store? Because of its close association with the show Louie, and because the mythology of the apex of the comedy industry What the fuck is, is this apex you're talking about? I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, who's talking? Rick, Rick, you want to come in now? Yeah, all right. I, I just thought, you talking about you, the apex, and I'm like, say, what are you Say anything about? you want. You, you have, a, you have a thing. I, I believe this is going to be a well-listened to episode. Well, say it whatever, should be. It's say, a damn good episode. Say whatever you want to say well, about I mean, anything. Society in general has, uh, you know, our social evolution as, as gay men uh, and, and gay women uh, has just really started taking off in the last 20 years so to complain that that we were kept out of things is is uh I- it's it's silly to me. I, I, uh, the comedy seller has always been very welcoming of of me and of many other gay comics and uh, we've we've never had any problem and and it, it, just in general unless you want to implement a quota system I don't see how you do anything other to advance uh, the agenda of acceptance than to just get out there and be funny and gay at the same time and have, have people accept you. I don't, I don't understand what the big complaint is. Okay, Adrian, uh, you want to answer? I'm going to let Adrian talk. I, I mean, to the extent that, like, the thing I feel worse about is erasing the presence of gay comics like you. Uh, at, well, nobody erased uh, me. Uh, in in the like I I, I feel I, I'm saying I I feel bad about that and I apologize, um, but also I think we need to look <laughs> we need to look at the ways as uh, a community that we have disproportionately made some people feel like it, there is hostility towards them. For us. Well, listen, there was a lot of hostility towards gays. When I, when I was in law, I was law school, too. When I was went to law school, they, they, you know, you're supposed to do, like, sign up for, like, a legal, like, pro bono work yes. thing. And the, the, the uh, issue that I signed up for was homosexual discrimination against gays. Because uh-huh. at that time, like, that seemed to me the, the, the worst discrimination that I had seen. Of course, I went to the first meeting and I realized it was really just a social club. Like, I, like yeah. so, I, so I didn't continue with it because I, I, I'm so stupid. I didn't realize that was where all the gay guys were going to go to meet each other. But that was always my, like, that was always my inclination, just so you know that. Okay, go ahead, Adrian. Wait, Adrian, you want to say anything? Very Adrian, black- fine. Final thoughts. Black and Judah. Uh, I think I'm okay. You okay? Uh, you sure? <laughs> well, I have a final thought. Well, Mo- Mo- unless Modi, Modi has a final thought. Mo- gay Modi? Is Modi gay? There'd be, there'd be nothing wrong with saying that you're a little more educated this evening. Is Modi officially and, uh, and gay? That you're not, uh, that maybe you think Noam's not as racist and sexist as, uh, as you were before you came here. Right. Good question. I have a great deal of respect for Noam. It is uh, great getting to, to know him and all of you. That said, the article wasn't about the seller. It was about 
the comedy culture on the whole. Can you take out the yeah. part in the article that says that there's rarely women and rarely gays here since it's not true? They, we ch- we they changed, changed it. that. Okay. To what? They changed it to sometimes To gays. what does it say now? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it says What'd you change sometimes it to? gays, sometimes women. Essentially that. I, I don't yeah. know what this it, it specific should, phrase I, is. If I had, I mean, I can't make you write what you're not going to write, but it should not give, the, it should say the comedy seller is very, very welcoming of gays and women. However, the industry itself is not. That's what it should say. Uh, yes. Yeah, and I, and I that's think what you that's, that's the premise of it. Um, yeah. My, my final, final thought. thought is as follows. Um, my final thought is that Noam, I thought this was an excellent show. Uh, I don't know what the hell is being said and done on these other popular podcasts, but we deserve more listeners. <laughs> we have a lot of listeners. Though. And now, secondly, I would say to Noam, take a compliment for God's sakes. The reason he came after you is because you're the big dog. All right? So you get all agitated because people are coming after you. Get used to it, buddy. Get the fuck used to it. Because that's what pe- when people are on top. It's constantly coming at you with shit. Anybody worth their salt in this business has been called a racist, a rapist, uh, a dog Sir, fucker. no, Whoa. calm down. I am exaggerating. <laughs> but suck Reel one it cock. Reel in, Devin. <laughs> I'm saying anybody that's anybody in this business has been talked shit about. So just be cool about it. We had a great discussion. I think that you're agitated. Whether he changes the article or not, this club is still kicking ass, and people are still coming in the door, and nobody thinks you're a racist anyway. Well, Louis, C- uh, Louis C.K. said to me, actually, he said, listen, Andy Warhol said everybody's famous for 15 minutes. He said, I think the new version is everybody will be publicly hated for 15 minutes. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> so this no one's been trying to minutes? push this in publicly hated for 15 minutes. Well, if you're lucky, you get it for longer. No, I'm this... Again, Stephen it's wa- all good, baby, man. I, it's I, all good. Our producer, Stephen Calabria, who, who wants to uh, um, say something. And I think this I'm is, curious uh, to know how Guy's opinion of the comedy seller has changed since this began. But didn't Modi ask that question? But answer it again, because <laughs> Stephen didn't hear. <laughs> I mean, uh, my opinion of the comedy seller has always been, like, respect for the excellence in comedy that happens here. And I do really appreciate and respect like the fact that you guys had a real honest and open conversation and I also really appreciate the fact that you guys normally do this on Wednesday and you did this on Tuesday because I had a scheduling conflict that was very well, very kind of were we nicer to you than you feared we would be when you came in here of course okay that's good I'll take that and uh, <laughs> I thank you for a dynamite show, because if you hadn't written that Fakakta article <laughs> that nobody here agrees with, we wouldn't have had this great show, and uh, that's what I got to say about that. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Guy. Thank you very everybody. Thanks. I really appreciate everybody. I hope you got to say everything that you want and spoke your piece. Okay, thank you. Good night, everybody. 